Hey, it's good to be here today, and I pray that you'll turn your Bibles now with me to the book of Mark, Mark chapter number 15. I'd like to thank the staff for all their work on trying to uh, clear the parking lots yesterday. Man, it is snowy, icy, and cold in this place. We have a huge crowd, and uh, we're glad that we can come to you by way of live stream. All of you folks who are at home today, we want you to come tonight and bring your offering. We have to pay for the bobcat that we used all day long yesterday to try to clear the parking lot, which we could not get it cleared. But Lord willing, we'll have service tonight as usual at uh, 6.30. And if not, then we'll try to notify you as, uh, as uh, the sources uh, allow us to do that. Well, I thought maybe we'd just continue our, our study in the book of Mark. And uh, if you'll find your place there, we'd like to welcome you. Those of you who've joined us by way of live stream, especially those that's out of town, our members know that we're live streaming, and I hope you've tuned in to uh, watch and uh, enjoy the services. Mrs. Uh, Archer just walked in with little Archer. And, uh, of course, now I want to say... She's already asleep. I didn't put her that way preaching, all right? All right. In the book of Mark, chapter number 15, let me read for you just a few verses and you follow along. And the Bible said in straightway in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. Now, what that verse is saying is that they've already met with Caiaphas and Annas and all the hierarchy of the temple, and they've decided with the Sanhedrin, the 70 Jewish council, that they're going to put Jesus to death. Now, they've delivered him to the governor, a governor that has been put in place by Tiberius. Caesar of Rome, and Pilate is answerable unto him only. So now they take Jesus to the governor. Verse number two, and Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered, said unto him, Thou sayest it. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee. But Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at that feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. In other words, they began to cry out to Pilate to let someone go. But Pilate answered them saying, will you that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people that he should 
rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said again to them. Now, hold your place there. I'm going to read for you out of the book Matthew, chapter number 27. And I take up there, and the governor answered and said unto them, Whether the twain shall ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Now, this is Matthew's account. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? I go back to Mark now, and I finish verse 12. And Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will ye then that I shall do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him. So Pilate, willing to release, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus, which he had scourged him to be crucified. Matthew said that Pilate, the governor, said, What shall I do with Jesus? Now that is a pertinent question for all of us today. And that would be my sermon text today. What shall I do with Jesus? The question would be asked today across America and around the world. What will anyone and everyone do with Jesus? I believe with all my heart that's a pertinent question today. And someone would say. I find no fault in him. That's what Pilate said when he was examined Jesus. Now you can imagine the governor who had all the, all the potential of Rome, all of the secret service men, all of the secret CIA men, and all the secret snitches that he would have throughout the providence of all the security and all the possibilities, if anything had been able to be found wrong with Jesus, he would have been able to find it. And you can imagine uh, all the inquiries, all the questions, and everyone here at this meeting trying to testify and trying to uh, indict, trying to convict Jesus of something wrong. And Pilate said, I find... No fault with him. It is said that a preacher at one time announced a special men meeting in the church. And he proposed to give all the men in the church an opportunity to air their objections to Christianity. At that particular meeting, about 1,200 men showed up. And the questions were being asked. And the first objector said, church members are no better than others. That was the objection that arose. The ministers are no good was another objection arose. Another one, as the objection were mentioned, the preacher wrote down carefully all the objections that the 1,200 men had concerning Christianity and the church. 
And as the objections were given, the preacher was careful to write them down. Such objections as there's too many hypocrites in the church. And I agree, there are a lot of hypocrites in the church. But thank God there's always room for one more. So he wrote down too many hypocrites in the church. Another objection, the church is a rich man's club. So he wrote down the objection, a rich man's club. Another one, the Christians don't believe the Bible anymore. He wrote that objection down. The preacher was careful to make note that he wrote it down just like all the objectors were, were, were stating him. When he was through, there was 27 objections to church, such as too many hypocrites, it's a rich man's social club, and so forth and so on. And after all the objections, a preacher wrote them down, and he said, now I'd like to read them back to you. And uh, friends, you've objected to preachers and to members and to the Bible. But there's one thing you have not objected against. You've not found one word and not said one word against our master. A few simple words. The preacher preached. He gave an invitation. Forty-nine men walked the ford and got saved that evening. What I'm saying is today, it's true. You can find objections to everybody in the church. The kids are too loud. The nursery workers are not kind and caring enough. The ushers didn't smile while he's taking our money. You can find all kinds of objections. But let me tell you one thing. You'll never find one thing wrong with our Lord. I believe in this chapter, Jesus has been delivered to Pilate now, the governor, at the feast of Passover. Passover feast is a memorial feast that refers them back to the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. And as the custom of the Jew were in this day, on this particular day, they would release a certain prisoner, any prisoner that the people chose. And that was a goodwill gesture of the Roman government. And that day, Pilate was sure that they would say, release Jesus. Notice Pilate answered them saying, will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Pilate was sure after careful examination and finding no error and no fault in him at all that he was sure that they would say, well, release unto Jesus. But instead, they said, release unto us a man by the name of Barabbas. Verse 7. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him who had committed murder in the insurrection. Here's a man that is incarcerated for murder and insurrection against the Roman government. He's laying in prison waiting to be crucified and he's there as sure as the world going to die. And the people chose Barabbas to be released and Jesus to be crucified. Think about it this way. Jesus took Barabbas' place on the cross. Barabbas was going to have to die. And Jesus was not 
willing, was not willed to die, but he did die that Barabbas might go free. And by the way, that's exactly what happened for all of us. We deserve to die. We sinners from our birth, we who knew sin, and the Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us. You think about it now, if you would please. And so here the Roman governor, Pilate, is faced with a decision that will change the course of history. Which one he releases will determine the course of history. If he releases Barabbas, then Jesus will die on the cross and change history for all eternity. If he releases Jesus, Barabbas will die. And every sinner that has ever been born will die and go to hell. History is going to be made today. And the people determined to release Barabbas and the death of Jesus. So Pilate made the decision that he would put Jesus on the cross and turn Barabbas loose. My question is today, the same question Pilate asked the people, what will you do with Jesus? Whether you're at home or wherever you are today, a decision must be made. What will you do with Jesus? Have you noticed something? You don't ever hear anything else about Barabbas. He's not mentioned in the Bible anymore. He just fades off into oblivion. We do not know if he appreciated what Christ did. We do not know if he was there looking up at the cross when Jesus said, it's finished. We do not know if a tear dimmed his eye. That rough, gruff murderer, that thief, that crook, that sinner such as we. We do not know if he made it that day to the cross to look up into Jesus' face. We do not know if under his breath as Jesus hung there on the cross, if maybe he said a thank you, thank you, thank you. We do not know what happened that day to Barabbas, but we do know what happened to Jesus They crucified him there on that hill. The question still, what will you do with Jesus? Today I'd like to encourage you, what will you do with Jesus? Will you today receive him, accept him as he is, who he is? Number one today, I believe, We need to ask this question. Those of you who are watching, will you accept Jesus Christ? Will you accept Jesus Christ as Savior? Oh, you say, preacher, I've already accepted him as Savior. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can shout about that, but have you accepted him as sovereign? You see, Jesus not only came to be your Savior, he came to be sovereign, Lord, Master of our lives. I wonder today, would you accept him? The Bible says in Isaiah 55 and 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him 
while he was near. Today, if Jesus were to knock on your heart's door, today, if just something small voice might say to you as you watch there, as you listen there, as you, as you experience Jesus Christ today, I wonder if he knocks, will you open? If he says, can I come in? Will you say yes? Will you accept him today? Not only as savior, but as sovereign. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two says, for he saith, I have heard thee in time accepted in the day of salvation. I have circled thee. I have searched for thee. I have sought for thee. Now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Aren't you glad of that? Snowing outside, icy outside, can't go outside, but wherever you are, if you'll open your heart, he will come in. Thank God he can warm up your heart today in this old cold, wintry day. I wonder today, have you accepted him? Not only as Savior, man, what a, what a, what a treat that would be to have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and he as sovereign, but has you accept him as his soon coming king. You know, our Lord's coming real soon. He may come today. He may come tonight. But I just wonder, are you ready? The offer is to all. It is. The Bible said, for God so loved the world, the offers to the world. That whosoever believeth him, it's the offers to whosoever. Today, if you are listening to my voice, the question would be, what will you do with Jesus? Will you accept him as your savior, as your sovereign, as your soon coming king? Oh, yes, that's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity today. And I would to God that you would accept him today. Ain't Jesus so sweet that he'd die on the cross for us? Oh, let me tell you something. Will you accept him today? Secondly, I'd like to ask you today, what will you do with Jesus? Will you reject him? Will you reject him? Can you imagine, if you please, standing in the presence of the high priest, the elders, the Sanhedrin, 70 Jewish, uh, Orthodox Jews, as they at midnight, as they... As they question him, as they try him, standing in the very midst is the one that they said was in the beginning, the Word. The Word, the Creator God is standing in the midst of these folks. They have the opportunity to accept and they have the opportunity to reject. And here in the midst stands Jesus The incarnate word. The Bible says God was in him reconciling the world. The God that these Jews professed. The the God that led these Jews through the wilderness and across the Red Sea. The God that was a cloud by night and fire by, by day and fire by night. Stands in the midst of these Seventy religious Orthodox Jews, and they flat out rejected him. The Bible said he came into his own, and his own received him not. What a cold, dreary fact that they rejected the Savior. 
The Bible said in Proverbs 1 and 24, Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. 25 says, But if ye set at naught at my counsel and would none of my reproof. I can't imagine. He said, I will also laugh when your calamity comes. I will mock when your fear cometh. Can you imagine? He came unto his own. His own received him not. I'd hate to know that I came to my family. And I came to my own home. And I came to that which I paid for, bought, purchased, and provided for my family. And I come home and they all say, you can leave now. We've got all of you we want. And reject me. It looks as though these folks rejected his love, his will, his person, and his purpose. I wonder today how many folks listen to my voice. Saying, oh, how I love Jesus. And then in reality reject his love, his will. His person and his purpose. I think maybe many among us, when we were asked the question, what will we do with Jesus? With our lips, we profess we know him, but our heart is far from him. I wonder today, have you rejected his love? Have you rejected his will? Have you rejected his person or his purpose? The question would be today, what will you do with Jesus? I hope you'll accept him. I hope you will not reject him. And then as I read in the scriptures, I read of a man by the name of Peter. I read of a man by the name of Judas. I also saw in the text, they did not name them. But the Bible says about the disciples, and they all forsook him and fled. Will you, like Peter, deny him? The Bible said, for whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. I know we have none today who's watching who would deny our Lord on purpose. But yet, we have those who are professing to be saved. And they're nothing less than booze drinking, bar hopping, women chasing, church missing, God robbing hypocrites. I just wonder if maybe that might be the tone of your life today. Timothy says, if we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. I'd hate to think that I'd fall into the crowd of the high priest, the elders, the Sanhedrin, Pilate the governor, Herod the king, and yes, even Peter the water walker. And even the disciples, and especially Judas, 
who denied him. Speaking to those vain talkers and deceivers in verse number 10. Notice, especially the circumcision of the Jews. Titus in the New Testament wrote, they profess that they know God. Notice now, they profess to know God. But in works they deny him, being abominable. And oh, disobedient unto every good work, reprobate. Dear Lord, I hope and pray that many of we who profess to know God only do it with our mouth, but our works are disgusting and vile, unprincipled and depraved. God help us. I hope and pray that we're not one of those who would deny him. I wonder... Have you stood up for him? Have you stood out for him? Have you spoken up for him? Have you given anyone just a a word of encouragement about heaven? Have you even spoken about heaven to your family members? Oh, I wonder today, what will you do with Jesus? I hope and pray you accept him. I hope and pray you won't reject him. And God knows, I hope you will not deny him. You see, there's no love for Benedict Arnold's. Spiritual Benedict Arnold's that decorate the pews of God's church on Sunday. And then cuss and drink and raise hell all week long. And it's a bad testimony to their parents and to their kids. May I say to you today, we, you can get that straightened out real quick. And lastly... The question was asked by Pilate, what will you do with Jesus? Will you turn your back on him? Will you turn your back on he who went to Calvary for you? See, Judas flat out turned his back on him. Nobody likes the name Judas because he turned his back on the Lord. And I wonder in your personal life if maybe you've turned your back on him. Oh, I used to go to church. I, I used to be uh, faithful. I used to, I used to, I used to. No, you know, what you've done, you've turned your back. Why don't you just get that thing straightened out before it's too late? You say, preacher, uh, you, you ought not be preaching like that today. Why? Is it hurting? See, Judas turned his back. Judas turned his back and never did repent. Peter, as well as the other disciples, turned their back on Jesus. Matthew chapter 26, verse 35. Peter said, though I should die with thee, I will not deny thee. Likewise, all the disciples said the same thing. And it was just a matter of hours until they had all turned their back on the Lord. Now, I hope and pray that we're not of that persuasion. I hope and pray that we're not one of those who would turn their back. However, I believe that Peter fully intended to die with Jesus. It just, he was ignorant of what was about to take place. I wonder today, what will you do with Jesus? I read for you the rest of the story. As Paul Harvey used to say, now for the rest of the story. Verse 16 of Mark chapter 15. I want you to read it. I want you to look at it. 
I want you to experience it. I want you to feel the rest of the story. Pilate said, what will you do with Jesus? And verse 15, and so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus. And when he had scourged him to be crucified, why, if he's innocent, would Pilate, the governor, scourge him, whip him, beat him? Why would he do that? To content the people. Oh, how terrible it is when we are more worried about what people say than what our Lord says. And the soldiers, verse 16, led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole band, the whole Roman band, the infantry. All the soldiers was present. And they clothed him, Jesus, with purple and planted a crown of thorns and put it about his head. Can you picture him there? His back bleeding. His head now pierced with a crown of thorns and blood running down his face. Clothed in a mocked purple robe. And they begin to salute him. Hail king of the Jews. And they smote him on the head with a reed. Now I wonder where Peter was. And I wonder if the disciples could witness what was going on. And I hope Pilate saw every bit of it. And they did spit upon him and bowing their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to be crucified. And they compelled one Simon of Cyrenia who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexandria and Rufus to bear his cross. And they bring him into the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of the skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. What in the world is going on? I saw what the Roman soldiers would do with Jesus. I've read and witnessed what all the religious crowd would do with Jesus. I know what Judas did with Jesus. The question is, 
What will you do with Jesus? What in the world's going on? I found the answer over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now listen real good. The Bible said that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. What was going on at Calvary is God was in Christ hanging on a cross reconciling the world to himself. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. For he, God, hath made Christ sin for us, that we who knew no sin might be made the righteousness of God in him. The question is, what will you do with this God that's hanging on a cross, reconciling you back to himself, being made sin for you, that you might be made the righteousness of God in him? What will you do with Jesus right now, wherever you are? Would you accept him as Savior, as Sovereign, as soon-coming King? Or will you, like the crowd, reject him, deny him, and turn their back on him as he's hanging on the cross? Even centurion could not turn his back when Jesus cried out, it's finished. And the temple, the veil down there that separated the Gentile from the Jew was split from top to bottom and opened access to God. And he turned and looked at Jesus and said, surely this was the son of God. What will you do? with him.